0: This is The Omnichannel Marketer, the show where we get real about what it takes to build a brand, create a seamless omnichannel experience, and drive customer LTV across D2C, Amazon, and retail. I'm Kate Stevens, the CEO of Bridge. Join me for unfiltered conversations from the trenches of e-commerce. We'll unpack strategy and leave you with tactical advice you can use today to drive your business forward. Let's rock and roll. Hi everyone. This is Kate. Welcome back to another episode of the Omni Channel Marketer. I'm excited to have Namik Sultan on the show today. Namik is the founder and CEO of GNGR Labs, a modern approach to ancient remedies. Hey Namik, how are you? It's great to have you. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. So Namik, why don't you start by, you know, telling us a little bit more about your story and your background?
1: Sure, sounds good. So, I uh, come from a finance background. So, I went to college, Baruch College here in New York City. While I was in college, so I started my first CPG brand. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. So, I had the idea. So, I'm like, okay, let me try to do something. So, I was trying to, uh, you know, tackle my school, my full time job, and also my business. Obviously, that was a recipe for disaster. And <laughs> the company folded. And then I decided that, you know, maybe entrepreneurship, not my thing. So I went back into finance. After graduating from college, I worked in uh, different financial jobs. I tried accounting, finance. I interned on the wall street and just realized that that's definitely not my thing. So I went back into entrepreneurship and start working with uh, different distributors. I worked with the manufacturer kind of, and I just realized that's like, what I really want to be, because you can use your creativity, you can create products. And then I started another beverage brand, tried again, so that also didn't work out. And essentially stumbled upon and uh, GNGR kind of from my own personal experience. And that's how our company were born. And it was my third company essentially. And it was successful. And you know, up to this point, we sold over 1.3 million shots in the past two years. I would say it's a successful for me. So that's kind of like a, my quick story about me. Yeah.
0: Um, I'd love to dive more into, you know, what you've learned from those failed companies. But first, just for the listeners, tell, tell us a little bit more about GNGR Labs and the, you know, the product and company that you're running right now.
1: Sounds good. So idea for my product came from my mom recipe. It's a ginger lemon honey paste that, that I use. Just a natural remedy against cold and flu. And, uh, you know, when I started experimenting with the formula, I came up with a ginger turmeric shot format. It's a ginger, turmeric, lemon, cayenne pepper that I used as, uh, you know, kind of like a booster. And also at the time I was working in New York City with the distributors and uh, I was mostly outside. So I would take the shot and really would, you know, make me feel great. And, you know, I would come home, I would never really get sick so i start sharing the shot uh, with friends and uh, they're like oh can you make some more can you make some more so originally i didn't really think about as like a business idea because i thought you know there's so many products like that on the market but then when i started diving into the category i just realized that there's a kind of like a huge potential in this category and it's kind of like a new so and then i just kind of start putting things together doing some research and that's how we started a company so Right now, company have about our first product line. It's uh, ginger shots. We have four different flavors. That's uh, immunity and then digestive shots. And we recently produced our new SKU. It's a vitamin C. So they're designed to support immune and digestive health, essentially.
0: So how have you started this business differently? And what did you learn from the you know two failed businesses in the CPG category? Uh, before this one
1: i think the biggest lesson for me was when i started my first company so i had an idea i'm like okay i have this idea i want to make this product and before I even start selling this product i start investing in packaging and equipment you know i rented this commercial kitchen and then i need to buy this special equipment to pack my product and i think by the time this product hit the market i would spend like twenty thousand dollars and my budget was like thirty five thousand dollar altogether. That was like life savings pretty much and and then when I start you know start selling this product, I just realized that you know this product doesn't really resonate with the consumers, and my packaging was kind of like small and you know compared to like other products. It was like snack brand, and I just realized that you know before you start the company, you really need to learn about the industry just kind of maybe spend thousand dollars or two thousand dollars make a prototype talk to your neighbor supermarket just put this product on the shelves and and see if, if there is actually you know if this product is gonna sell i think that was the biggest lesson for me and when i started g and gr i spent a lot of time just learning about the industry just trying to see if there's going to be a product market feed i literally made like 40 shots at home and then I spoke with a couple of my uh, stores that I knew and I put the product out there just for like a test market and that's when I realized that okay so there is something in there and you know I start raising capital and just realized okay so there's a market for that it resonates with the consumers so I think that's the biggest lesson just test the market learn about the market first before you invest in packaging and website and do all this stuff
0: okay that's a Incredible learning. So test and learn first. Um, Tell me a little bit more about you know your current product. Where did you start selling first? It sounds like you know your first forty shots. You were just going to your your neighborhood kind of retail shops. You know, tell me a little bit more about your go to market there.
1: So when we were planning to start, so idea for the product that I thought okay, so we're going to start a company was the summer of 2019, and then I start introducing this product to few investors and friend of mine ivan he's my co-founder as well so he was essentially a first investor put the money in so we started looking for the co-packers so we start putting things together and we're about to launch the product march 2020 obviously covid and it was like okay so what should we do next you know there's like everything's a lockdown and i thought you know this is actually a great time to start the company because everyone needs like immunity and i think that what we really did differently from all other brands out there created this medicinal look for our product that i think resonated with the consumers and just help us to stand out on the shelves so we start working with the local packer, and you know there we couldn't really get any distributor because like communication was like you can't even talk to anyone at that time so we just decided to self-distribute product in new york we had a couple of more friends who came on board who also invested in the company. And we just started hitting the streets of New York, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens. We had three sales reps and I was a driver. So I would deliver these boxes to all the stores. And I think the great thing about that time, and I think a lot of other companies, beverage brands who started that time, they all went in direct to consumer, but we actually went on the street and started selling our product on the street. So there wasn't really much competition there so we we're able to build our stores i think within the first like three months we had already like 300 stores and just start self-distributing first and then we start working with the distributor and obviously we moved all our operations there and yeah so now our products sold across uh, 800 stores including Shoprite, walgreens We recently launched with balducci and king's market so yeah, we kind of staying regionally for now up until we can secure more capital and kind of like expand.
0: That's amazing. So, okay. So you're in 800 stores regionally. Do you also have a, a direct-to-consumer site and are you selling on Amazon as well?
1: Right. So like I said, first we started just kind of direct to we started DSD just working with the stores and then we just naturally start selling on Amazon we didn't really have like a great strategy at first. We just kind of create a listing and start, you know, work, trying Amazon and it just kind of took off pretty quickly. We've been on Amazon about 16 months and right now we are top selling ginger shot on Amazon for the past six months. We had Amazon choice badge for the ginger shot and ginger turmeric shot. So I think uh, like our first year, we did about quarter million on uh, Amazon. So, and you know, sales keep going up and up, but. We didn't really have that strategy that, oh, we're going to go to direct to consumer. Because I think we will, I always thought like, you know, you meet your customers at the store because it's a ginger shot. People want to grab just one or two. But Amazon just kind of like, we stumble upon it and it just worked for us.
0: Makes complete sense. So, do you have your own website as well?
1: Yes, we do have a website. Uh, We also, you know, sell through the website as well. I just, customer who wants to come and, purchase our product. But as of now, most of our orders are on Amazon and uh, we do have some sales as well on the website.
0: Well, that makes sense. So, you know, as an omni-channel brand, how do you think about bridging that relationship for your customers across all those different channels?
1: So like I said, I think, but especially in the beverage, like food and beverage, I think it's very important to be in the stores. That's 100% because, you know, I think during the COVID, there's a lot of brands went into direct-to-consumer, they were 100% direct-to-consumer, and I think that a lot of brands who started that way, you know, right now have a trouble to get into the stores, yep. and some of them completely went out of business. So we just... Yeah, maybe it's just the lock or a lack of resources that we actually went that way. And I think it's very important to be in the stores. And I would say you have to be 70 to 80% on DSD on the stores and maybe like 30% on uh, a direct to consumer. So I think uh, Amazon, it's a great channel because a lot of people, they go on Amazon to, it's kind of like a discovery channel in a way. So I think for the young brand, it's better to invest on Amazon than invest on your own website because, you know, when you have your own website, no one's just going to come and visit your website, right? So you have to drive traffic and it's very expensive. But on Amazon, you know, it's a discovery channel, right? And then a lot, and it's easier for consumers to purchase on Amazon because they already have their credit card, they, they can read the reviews. So I think that's, Probably my advice for any brand that wants to start, I would recommend to go on Amazon.
0: That makes complete sense. You used a terminology called DSD. Could you just clarify what that means?
1: So that's a direct store delivery. Okay. That essentially, when you work with a distributor and they do deliver directly to the store. Okay,
0: great. And how do you think about your end-to-end brand experience?
1: so that was your question at the beginning so what we did a little bit differently so my idea was with this brand right kind of like we make that first aid hit that everyone has it you know when you have a headache or any minor alignments you go and open up that uh, medicinal box and then you take your tylenol whatever it is right so my idea was like can we take this and instead of having those like synthetic drugs can we have something that it's natural and it's like in your fridge? So, I think that was kind of like our approach to uh, to kind of remake that, and we took that as a concept for our branding. And you know, our more a modern approach to ancient remedies. Essentially, we take you know like all the ancient roots and that turmeric and ginger, and we put them in a uh, modern packaging. We use modern technologies, so HPP, to uh, you know preserve the product for like three months. So that's kind of was the whole idea.
0: Makes complete sense. And so going back to, you know, your positioning as this, you know, omni-channel brand, I know that you use QR codes on your products. You know, what does that, what does the QR code serve to do for you? Or do you, do you have a product right there?
1: Yeah. So this is our packaging, as you can see it, and we do have a QR code. At, Amazing.
0: Uh, what is that? What does it say? What does the call to action say?
1: so right now we just have tagline and our website and also we have essentially instagram and then our shots also features qr code as well because i thought it's might it might be just easier to for consumers and i think also especially during covid it just kind of became a thing and i think it's much easier for a consumer just to scan and just get all the information, you know, they don't have to like type the website because, you know, no one really have a time to for that. Everything is just so fast. So I think that so uh, and that just essentially became kind of like a part of our identity because we're also trying to create the modern look and modern brand as well. And like I said, our mojo is a modern approach to engine remedies. So we want consumers to experience our product also as a modern you know like a modern product as well and i think that's also resonates with our design and packaging
0: mm, that makes complete sense and completely resonate with the the seamless nature of the qr code and you know the whole reason that we started bridge was because of this new consumer behavior driven by the pandemic so can completely understand you know why that's such an important part of your packaging and making it seamless for the customer so what are you excited about for 2023?
1: 2023 2023 we are super excited to expand our footprint we are currently fundraising our seed round so we are planning to attend multiple food show and present our product like i mentioned before we mostly work regionally for past two years and we really want to expand and go to new territories so I think that's kind of like our goal for 2023 and also continue to build a direct-to-consumer as well, because I think we didn't really spend much time on that before. And I think there's definitely some room to grow as well.
0: So, you know, when you think about your expansion strategy in retail, why did you take the approach of expanding regionally first? Like what was the strategy element there or were there any restrictions that you know, you needed certain licensing to be regional versus, you know, kind of the a, a more national approach.
1: I think it's more about, uh, first of all, it's the resources, right? So we are a very small brand and, you know, uh, we started locally, you know, we raised a small round with just family and friends. And that's one of the reasons. But also I think the second reason is just when you start a new brand, you know, you cannot just go in the market and spend there like three months and everyone's going to know you, right? So you have to really spend there a lot of time, two years, three years. And then after three years, you will just become part of the culture in a way. And then, for example, if you think about New York, New York, it's more like uh, there's a lot of independent stores. There's not really a lot of chains. So by having a lot of stores in New York, that you just become kind of like a part of the culture you know but if you have like store here store there it just like no one really knows that you are brand so i think it's important just to spend your time in one territory build your brand build your brand awareness you know create like following of your brand and uh, just continue to build velocity and i think that's also important when you're, you know when you start fundraising is you can show the data you know but if you spread out throughout the whole country uh, you have a couple of store here, a couple of store there, you don't really create, you know, you, you're not going to be like a non-brand. So I think it's very important for the small brand just to build in bond territory, build a little bit of traction, you know, and I think it's better to be number one in New York than number 55 throughout the whole country. So I think that's how I see it.
0: Makes complete sense. And what have been some of your strategies for driving retail velocity other than just, you know, honestly having a great product?
1: I think that obviously I'm still in the process, you know, I'm I'm a young entrepreneur, I'm still learning about the industry. I think that by introducing new flavors, for example, our first two skewer focused around the immunity only, and we created a third skewer, which is digestive weight that made with probiotics and also ginger and turmeric. We just realized that, you know, there is a, and also our third skewer less spicier than the other, the previous shots. And we thought that, you know, there's a lot of people who might not want something like super spicy. And I think that by introducing a new SKU, we kind of, we open up kind of like a new customer base. And then obviously we start working on the fourth SKU, which is vitamin C. And I think that's also helped to drive velocity, like I said, because there's a different people, uh, they all have different needs. And I think just by having a different flavor, that also helps you to sell more. But also just by staying on the shelves that's also another thing why i really focused on new york because the more you stay on the shelves the more customer are going to try your product and eventually they're going to buy more because they're, they're going to introduce to you know like one person they're going to tell another person about your product so you're going to bring like more customer into your into your product
0: Yep. Makes complete sense. So I know that you're, you know, really passionate about health and wellness. Could you talk to me about why this is so important to you?
1: Right. So growing up, my family, they come from Azerbaijan and it's a small country. And uh, growing up, you know, when I would have kind of like a small alignment, mom, she would never give me like a medicine, right? So it was kind of like, you know, use like a natural remedy. And I think that's kind of like, where one of the reason why I started this company I think that you know when you have some sort of like a small alignment you shouldn't just go and try to y- use like synthetic drugs right and I think it's better to use something that it's more natural and it has similar effect right and I think that uh, that's one of the things it kind of helped me to always be healthier person you know I never really had any issues with you know like healthy issues because I really watch my diet you know I don't eat kind of like bad stuff, right? And I think that's what I really want to share with other people, you know? And I think there is a, you know, especially moving into the United States, there's a lot of fast food. And when I first, you know, I was in college, I was in a lot of fast food and I, it really affect my digestive system. And I think that that's one of the reasons for g and because when I start consuming ginger and turmeric, I just realized that it helps me to digest my food better. So I think just for me, I kind of like stumble upon this and I really want to share this with as many people as possible. So I'm really passionate about that. And I kind of want to help other people to, you know, live healthier lifestyle.
0: So your tip for, you know, anyone that's looking to, you know, start to be healthier is, you know, naturally to try your product.
1: Yeah. Just by having even, you can make this at home, right? Just ginger in general, right? It helps you to digest food. So If you want to have better like digestive system, not the digestive system, but to have better digestion. So you just need to eat like a small piece of ginger before your meal and you will see it will naturally help you to, you know, digest the food. And then I personally don't eat red meat for the past almost seven years, right? And, you know, sometimes from time to time, you know, I like to grab some cheeseburger or something like that. You know, when I go with a friend, I'm like, okay, I'll just have a piece. It's not like I'm restricted or anyway, just, I just don't eat red meat because it takes three, four days for this food to process it, right? Especially for the red meat. And every time when I eat red meat, I, right away, I have some sort of like, you know, digestive problem. And then when I take ginger shot, it just helps me to kind of like digest this food faster. So I think that just my my recommendation, just have like a small piece of ginger or turmeric before your meal. And then if you want something that it's more, it's faster because shots, it's a liquid format, it will absorb much faster. So I think that's kind of like the whole idea for, for this product.
0: Great. Okay, Namik, we're moving into our lightning round. Favorite omni-channel brand?
1: My favorite brand is uh, Harmless Harvest. I like the, I love the design and I love the product as well. It's a coconut water. It's a pink coconut water.
0: Thing you wish you can change about our industry?
1: I think that more access for smaller, younger brands. I think there is a lot of kind of like a red tapes for the small brands to get in the retail. I also understand there's a lot of other brands who are trying to get in the retail, mm-hmm. but I think just by having those like slotting fees. Sometimes they go into forty and fifty and sixty thousand dollars, which is small brand can't even afford. So I think just having more access to retailers, you know, and just give a kind of like a, giving a chance to the to the smaller brand just to see if this product is gonna sell or not. I think that I would really change that.
0: Favorite podcast?
1: My favorite podcast, it's a morning brew. I like these guys, they talk about the business, they talk about the startups. And I love to learn about other people, about other people's stories, how they started this company. And yeah, so that's what I like.
0: Great. Favorite newsletter?
1: Uh, same.
0: S- okay. Yeah. Morning Brew. Uh, Favorite social media channel?
1: It's called Company Man on the YouTube. It's a short format videos about all kind of businesses, which is McDonald's and Burger King, how they started. So I was always curious how, you know, all these companies started. And so, yeah, and into that stuff.
0: Great. Favorite book?
1: My favorite book is uh, Alchemist by Paolo Yep. Yeah. So.
0: Favorite event that you're planning on going to this year?
1: BevNet 2023 in New York.
0: Cool. And where can people connect with you?
1: I have Instagram and then also LinkedIn.
0: Okay, great. We'll put those in the notes. Namik, thank you so much. It was so great chatting with you and learning more about Ginger.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Bye. If you liked this podcast, follow me and the Bridge page on LinkedIn and Twitter for hot takes and tactical advice. If you really loved today's episode, we'd love a review on the podcasting platform of your choice, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks for listening.